Hey, boppers. Grooving Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Haze Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell, and Tom King on Grooving Movies every Monday. Can you dig it? Okay, welcome to episode 27 of Movie Bong. This podcast, like myself, is now approaching 30. Wow, I'm well past that. (laughs) not well past it. (laughs) I'm not like in my 50s. Um, I'm just past the 30 point and uh, yeah, it's all downhill. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can feel it already, don't worry. Uh, Anyway, this week, uh, kind of special, uh, a little bit different. Here in in Movie Bong headquarters, we're doing a Grimfest themed show uh, in celebration of horror film festival Grimfest. Yes, if you don't know what um, Grimfest is, Grimfest is a horror movie festival. It's based in the northwest of England. It's in Manchester. Uh, it runs from I think usually the first week of October and sell uh, the first weekend mm-hmm. and um, yeah it runs from like Thursday night till Sunday night and they have films running from Thursday evening all the way through to Sunday night. Now I've been familiar with this festival for a while because I believe it's now in its 11th year which is pretty impressive. Yes. Uh, now I, I went down because you were volunteering at the event I thought I'll catch a couple movies I wasn't I was quite ill over the weekend uh, but ended up catching a lot more than I thought I was going to purely because the standard was so high. And we live next to the cinema. All right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very fair point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I was volunteering this year um, and I volunteered for the whole thing and I'm really glad I did. Um, If anybody's thinking about doing that kind of thing uh, next year or whatever, I highly recommend it. Uh, It's really cool. And I was uh, lucky enough to be on sort of guest liaison duties. So I was looking after a lot of the VIP filmmakers and guests uh, that we had that were promoting their movies. And it was lovely. Everyone was lovely. It was brilliant. What's your sort of like... Uh, so what are you doing day to day there? I believe you, you went and picked some people up from the from the airport. Yeah, I mean, mainly I was uh, just in the bar with filmmakers getting pissed. It was great. <laughs> um, but no, a lot of the time I had to do certain things. Like I had to go and pick up a, yeah an American director um, who made a film called Arctic, which we will speak about, where we'll speak about lots of movies. Mm. Um, And, uh, of course, my first introduction to the festival was Johnny Vegas being in the bar in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's quite exciting, because he was starring in, is it Tales from the Lodge? Yes. um, The big movie to open the festival was Tales from the Lodge, a new British sort of portmanteau anthology Movie, horror movie. It like the uh, now I haven't seen it, but the promotion reminds me of like ghost stories that came out last year. Yes, similar to that, and I think they take their style from um, stuff we were discussing in an earlier podcast, our anthology portmanteau 
podcast episode mm-hmm. uh, when we talked about Amicus, uh, who made a lot of those ones in the 70s, and Hammer. Uh, so, yeah, they, uh, the filmmakers were the... Um, what was her name? I met her. Abigail Blackmore mm-hmm. uh, and Johnny Vegas, who was a star, and also uh, Kelly Wenham, who's um, an actress in it, and a few other people, cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all the really great guys on, on the Friday night. Uh, Thursday night, sorry, the the, the opening. Um, I think Johnny Vegas apparently wasn't drinking or smoking. I don't know if I should say this, but he was completely fucking pissed <laughs> the whole day. Uh, <laughs> and by the time they had to do Q&As at like eight or nine, he was half cut. Uh, but that's how he, you know, that's he he was fine. I mean, <laughs> he was great. Uh, he was hilarious, you know what I mean? And, and the fans loved him. And he just spent a lot of time after the after the film at the signing, you know, shouting at people and <laughs> just being his being Johnny Vegas basically. <laughs> but he was at the 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 bar the the <laughs> the festival has a um like a base like a bar mm-hmm. um a pub called the Lion's Den um over the road from the cinema and uh, that was our resident place and I don't think they had really uh I don't know if they thought that the, the Thursday night would be as big as it was in the pub, but, <laughs> but then they should have realised that because Johnny Vegas was there. So I don't think they got him out there till about five. Or <laughs> but, um, I was there late and I just disappeared into the night because uh, it was at that point and I wanted to get back up and watch more movies. So, But um, it was a great time. That was the big film to open it. I didn't get to see it because I was, obviously I was doing some work and I was picking up some directors because mm-hmm. people were getting in on the Thursday. Pollyanna McIntosh, who was there for one of for her film, uh, the Soska sisters um, would come in a couple of days later. So a lot of people were coming to this festival. Sure, and um, we should obviously say Pollyanna McIntosh, uh, you know, famous for being in in The Walking Dead, uh, and she's also directed her own movies, uh, The Woman. Darling, yes, um, she starred in the Woman, and she's directed the sort of follow up to the Woman cool. um, called Darling, and uh, yes, she was there. Um, she was absolutely brilliant, um, and yes, yeah, so everyone kind of got there on the first day, and it was uh, yeah, it was a really good vibe. And then um, the second film after Talesman Lodge was a film called She Never Died, which is the sequel to uh, Henry Rollins uh, indie horror yeah I've seen the start of this I wasn't sold on it I turned it off I watched it the other day I really enjoyed it fair and enough I would recommend you re- revisiting it because it is quite good but alas I, I I watched that film in preparation to watch this but I never got to watch the sequel because again I was working it was the Thursday night it was the first night of the festival I had to deal um with uh a, a well not deal that sounds bad like i was hanging out with directors and i had to do some stuff and mm-hmm. i had to i had to basically just get them to the places they needed to be and, yeah which was usually the bar which was quite good <laughs> but um you know they'd have to do a lot of them were doing q a's and they were doing um yeah introducing the film q a's after then press after that and signing and meeting fans and stuff so so then the last film of the night on the Thursday, mm-hmm. we all did go to see, and I went to see it with a lot like Pollyanna McIntosh, and um, I don't know, I imagine, I think Johnny Vegas stayed in the pub, <laughs> but a lot of the other filmmakers all went to see the last film, um, which was called Satanic Panic, which is an American movie mm-hmm. um, directed by uh, Chelsea Stardust, but um, she wasn't there. She, A lot of the directors who aren't there, they have a little, like, promo video at the beginning where they say hi thanks for having us oh, at the cool. festival and uh, she seemed really funny and really cool um and this film was very sort of i mean she had purple hair 
and you could tell <laughs> that the director of this had purple hair. Uh, it was just a joke, but you know, like it, it was camp. It was um, it was quite in your face. It was colourful, mm-hmm. uh, but it was really fun. I thought, and it did that great thing with horror movies where they um, focus in on particular little bits of folklore, and 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 there was a lot of uh, cool stuff about black magic things in this and satanic ritual and stuff and uh, yeah uh, and rebecca romaine was in it previously rebecca romaine stamos and yeah she was very good in it so um a proper act like you know this was one with like a proper there's a, only a couple a handful of other films throughout the festival that has sort of hollywoodish stars in it mm-hmm. this is one of them but it's i would recommend this but it's uh it's funny it's silly at this point i, I think it's it's worth us sort of Explaining why we're sort of doing a grim fest episode, or even you know, uh, explain why people should try and catch films at grim fest in future. Uh, and the main reason for that, I, I do think, is is the standard of these. Like, I expected to go and see uh, some proper, like, low budget, shaky cam films, and to my surprise, I mean. At least two of the films that I've seen are genuinely cinema wide release ready. Like, it's. I was staggered by the the standard and quality of the films uh, and number of films that I saw over such a short amount of time. And I would implore people to try and catch some of these independent film festivals. I believe there's one coming up in Liverpool soon, which has got a similar program. Yes, uh, Dead of Night is uh, this uh, weekend. I don't know when this podcast is going out, but uh, uh, Dead of Night. um, Give, Give the dates there. Yeah, yeah. October the 12th? No. You are correct. Yes. Um, 12th and 13th, is it? Saturday yeah. and Sunday? Um, I think we're just going for the Saturday, but um, they are... The guy who's doing that was at Grimfest, and he was getting some quick little interviews with um, some of the guys for it, so I imagine he'll mm. show them that he'd videoed. But... Um, it's not as big as Grimfest, but uh, they're showing a few of the films. I think they're showing Extraordinary, they're showing Harpoon, they're showing... Um, these are some films that were shown at Grimfest, and, and they're showing them, but it's not as big. But um, a lot of the films they do show at these things are really good, and I think Grimfest has got bigger and better mm. as it's gone. Um, it's on 11 years now, but like uh, like some of the films I used to watch... I used to go to the Leeds Film Festival many years ago, and they do like a horror film all nighter. And often, like, one of the films would be really good, and then yeah. they just, but they'd just be shit. Like, the great thing about Grimfest is that even the some of the ones that aren't as good, they're all kind of good. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And I think also, you know, we, we review a lot of movies on this show, and normally the idea is to give a wider idea of the theme that we're discussing that week, or it might be just to, you know, rejog your memories about films that we, we love uh, or, or films that you've forgotten about. But this week i feel like what we're basically doing is uh suggesting uh big cult horror films that are going to be available over the next year in some way you know you are going to be able to catch these at independent cinemas or on demand and i honestly keep keep a note of all of the movies that we're mentioning in this episode because there's some real you know four star five star independent horrors coming up in this show yeah, um, there was also some really good um, shorts, and the, there was a collection. They do shorts yeah. programs. So uh, on the Saturday morning after the first film, which was a Russian film called Quiet Comes the Dawn, about lucid dreaming, which I didn't get to see. It was quite early. But uh, my start of the day was the shorts program, mm-hmm. and that was really good. Um, there was some really good shorts in there. Um 
within this and some of the feature films I saw, um, within the themes, I felt there was a lot of themes about black magic this year, a lot of themes about um, sort of Satanism, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of... And a lot of female empowerment, particularly in some of the short films. Yeah, definitely. A really, you know, it's lovely to go and see a film festival, particularly a horror film festival, because I do think horror as a genre uh, does accidentally lean into misogyny every now now and then, you know, because Eli Roth exists. Um, (laughs) But like, it was lovely to go and see a weekend of horror films that had... uh, you know, I was about to say a feminist edge, but it never felt preachy. So I don't think yeah. that's fair to say. Um, but, you know, strong female empower, empowered roles. Yes. And there was, uh, well, there was a, a huge theme of celebration for female filmmakers this year as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And behind the camera. That, that's very important as well. Yes. yes. So as I say, Tales and Lodge, uh, Abby um, was there. And then you had the Soska sisters just appear on Sunday night, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a moment. And Pollyanna McIntosh, of course. Of course. Um, so uh, there was a particular one, yeah, in the shorts collection called The Party, um, which was all about um, sort of girls and it, it had, like um, sexual abuse and calling it out and um, but told in a sort of tough story about witchcraft. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, um, after that, there was, uh, I stayed and watched this trippy, uh, movie called Every Time I Die, which was, uh, American, um... Not to be confused with the American hardcore band, Every Time I Die. <laughs> no, I don't, f- I mean, I'm not that familiar much, much with them, I don't know if, I don't think they featured in the film. <laughs> They're very loud. <laughs> right, no, you probably would have heard them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, director Robbie Mitchell, he, um, though, I don't, th- this was one of the films that... There weren't really anyone there connected to it, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. Um, it was very trippy and weird, sort of a bit more in common with films like Primer and um, uh, the, uh, Time Crimes, those kind of like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Those little sci-fi tales, but this was about spirits rather than any science. It was more about um, and spirits passing through um, different bodies, and it was uh, really cool. Yeah, I would recommend it highly. Um so yeah, after that they had a serial killer's guide to life, which I think is like a British sort of sightseers esque sure. uh comedy horror, which I didn't see. Uh and then they had the big film of that night was Darling with Pollyanna McIntosh. Mm-hmm. Uh I never saw it, but I've seen The Woman, um, which is really good. Now that's a film about like sort of it, it's basically like the classic feral woman story. I yes, believe. yes. It's a feral woman story, and I think um, I caught the Q&A of Darlin. Luckily, it didn't spoil much. Um, and Pollyanna was just lovely to hang out with, and I asked her just, even when we were in the bar, I asked her stuff about the films, because technically the, the woman and Darlin are part of sort of a trilogy, but not really. Yeah, it's sort of like, I believe, like characters are carried over, but it isn't necessarily a narrative sequel. Yes, uh, based on the book's, um, by I think this guy called Jack Ketchum or something. Um, Ash Ketchum? Jack Ketchum. Jack Ketchup? I don't know. <laughs> Check it out. Google it. But uh, I think you wrote the original stories and then there was um, a film, was it called Offspring? Yes. Uh, the first one. Um, but that's I think that's as loosely connected and her character's in it and then they took her character and um, created the woman uh, and then the woman is a sort of sequel to... Uh, a darling is sort of sequel to the woman. Cool. As in the woman appears again in that, and um, so I think she wanted to make the strong sort of horror feminist icon, even though the woman got a bit of grief the other way um, because it, essentially it is a 
film about a woman sort of trapped in a basement, chained up, getting stuff done to her. But um, but it's the revenge part that really brings the yeah. feminist part. And Darling, I think, was um, Pollyanna trying to really cement that and create this uh, strong horror feminist female character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it's lovely to see her doing so well directing. I mean, I've always uh, enjoyed her as a performer. I think she's fantastic in The Walking Dead. Yeah, it was quite hilarious in the bar because Johnny Vegas was very drunk and uh, <laughs> he was telling Pollyanna that she looked a lot like this person who's in The Walking Dead, which she <laughs> loves. And then she had to sort of break it to him that, no, Johnny, I, I am that person. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he totally fanboyed all over. <laughs> um, it was very funny. But, I really uh, want to see Johnny Vegas fanboy over Pollyanna McIntosh <laughs> over The Walking Dead. I saw it. It was very funny. And they, they, they both were wearing similar coats and Johnny accidentally put hers on and walked out <laughs> and was outside and Pollyanna was looking for it <laughs> and Johnny Vegas was in it. So, um, yeah, that was very funny. But um, on the Friday night, we both saw um, a film called um, called Blood Vessel by a director called Justin Dix, who I had the pleasure of uh, looking after. Um, he is um, a special effects whiz. His company have done uh, special effects for uh, in Australia for films like The Babadook, Hundred Acres of Blood was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, a film, Hundred Bloody Acres. Yes, yes, that's the one. A film that we loved. Uh, we saw once randomly. Uh, well, I saw at a film festival actually years and years ago called Storm Warning. Um, oh, I love that film. It's got one of the most fun yes. cinematic special effects deaths I've ever seen. Well, that was all Justin. You know, yeah. Justin did, like helped out on that, and then he went off and um, made more stuff. They're doing the effects for the new Kung Fury. Um, wow feature film mm -hmm. so that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger it's got David Hasshoff's fully in it and Michael Fassbender's in it I believe the original's available on Netflix or it was definitely worth checking out yes. if you're a film fan yeah it's a little half hour short and then it was success successful it's been made into a big movie now and they made they showed like Justin showed me all the pictures of all the creatures they made all these huge just amazing practical effects, big robots. They made everything. They had Michael Fassbender shouting at a T-Rex cop or whatever it is. And um, yeah, so it, that sounds amazing. But he had a film there called Blood Vessel. Yeah. Now, I was a little bit ill. Uh, I'd gone to the cinema to see Joker. Uh, I was a little bit late. And also, you know, the, the audience going in did look tedious. Um, <laughs> so I decided to skip the uh, mass shooting that evening and, uh, <laughs> and go and catch Blood Vessel. And I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was fantastic. Some really interesting physical effects. Uh, you can totally see... Um, uh, Dix's uh, experience in this film. Yeah, it was one of those that I hadn't planned, I hadn't read that much about, but um, luckily Justin wanted to go in and watch the film with an audience, and we sat at the back. I mean, it was very late, and I'd been to, I'd been working all day, so like there were moments when you're sitting in a dark cinema, mm. you started, you know, no matter how good the film is or not, you can sometimes doze off a little. Yeah. And I was sitting next to the director. And I, was, I was very <laughs> conscious about this. Like if he turned around and I was suddenly just fucking snoring. <laughs> but uh, luckily, no, I stayed awake. And I'm glad I did because it's an absolutely brilliant 
situational um, horror film. Yeah, totally right. I mean, it starts with, it's probably worth mentioning, this is a period piece uh, set during World War II. Uh, The opening, you've got sort of like a ragtag bunch of... Uh, I suppose like victims of the war in a life raft, sort of uh, uh, floating aimlessly across the ocean. They come across a like a Nazi U-boat. Uh, they they board it. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any Nazis on board. Uh, they do it. They they search, and as the film goes on, uh, you realise uh, there are some passengers aboard, <laughs> uh, and they may not be. Exactly yeah. human. <laughs> yeah, the, the practical effects are fantastic in this. Uh, and the cast are great. Um, they've got great little characters. Mm. It's reminiscent of stuff like The Thing and um, situational horrors like that. But it's uh, it's great. Really good. It, it's really good. I, one thing that I think is uh, is very beneficial in this film is like they really they hold off on showing the big bad uh in, in that way, I suppose it's quite similar to Alien in that regard. Uh, they really sort of like hold back and then, you know, really go for it in the final third. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic film. And I, I would imagine this is going to be available on demand over the next year. So definitely keep an eye out for Blood Vessel if you're a, a fan of horror on the B-movie side. But, you know, it is still undoubtedly well made. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, we highly recommend that one. Um, the one after it, I didn't see. It was an Argentin- Argentinian. Did I say that right? Argentinian. Yes. One of those films um, <laughs> called 4x4. Sounds really cool. All set in like... And again, another sort of situational horror, but all set inside like a fucking car, like a 4x4. Yeah. Um, but uh, I managed to start the Saturday early and I saw um, the first film. Um, which was, well, before the film started, it was accompanied by a short film called um, Asparagus Tips, which was a um, really short four-minute movie. Um, I think it was uh, direct by, directed by someone called Sam Bailey, and it starred, um, there's a stand-up comedian called John Luke Roberts. Yep. Yeah, and there's a couple of like, com- like sort of stand-ups or comedians in this. Uh, and it was really cool, really cool little short film about uh, an awkward dinner party. Um, so I'd recommend if you can see that anywhere, because um, uh, with the short films, a lot of the ones that feature here, you can often find them on YouTube or, or YouTube, or you can often just find or them Vimeo online. Or Vimeo or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They usually post them. So I'd recommend finding some of the shorts. Um, but that short was before a film called Tone Deaf, starring uh, Robert Patrick from uh, which was who was the T one thousand in Terminator Two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is a really cool um, sort of satirical comedy horror. Um, about sounds quite political. This one, yes, it's a sort of about a girl that goes to the, the, the actual general plot is pretty generic for a horror movie. You know, a girl goes away to a house, a, a guy rents her out this house, but the guy's a bit is he a bit? Oh, I don't know. But it's got <laughs> it's got like a right wing sort of um, twist with the villain, and it's. Yeah, so uh, throughout it, I didn't know sure how this was going to go. I mean, it, it, Robert Patrick does some sort of weird diatribes throughout it at the camera, talking about sort of millennials and stuff. And, and it's one of them where you don't know, well, what side is this on? Is he meant to be like an anti-hero here? Yeah, I think there's a lot of movies at the moment where they come out and halfway through the film, you're not sure if they've been directed by someone who is on the left or on the right. Um 
you know, though it normally becomes clear by the end of the movie, I'd say Assassination Nation is quite similar in that regard, yes. which I highly recommend. Yes. Well, that sounds, yeah, quite similar to this. And and, and the, it was really the last 20 minutes of this that really made me laugh. There were loads of good lines. Um, the horror and everything was a little generic, but uh, it was the quips and the dialogue that made this really good towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and the, and the director's sort of intention does come clearer at the end. But yeah, I think the Joker might be getting this kind of uh, thing, whether it's like, well, is this villain me- meant to yeah. be lauded as a hero or what? is happening here are the wrong people going to make this person into a hero mm-hmm. that kind of thing so but now this was great highly recommend it um and then after it was a fantastic russian film uh, which was called why don't you just die and this was really special i thought um, yeah this sounds like this was your top pick of the weekend well uh, it was one of them yeah it's again situational sort of um just all set in an apartment mm-hmm. and it just starts with a guy going to this apartment to meet his girlfriend's parents mm-hmm. uh holding a hammer um and then it just sort of and it just goes from there and the, the plot twists and turns and stuff and you know i remember i bumped into that i was talking to one of the producers of um the movie another movie that was on at the festival, and I mean, he he simplistically said that this was very much like Tarantino and Guy Ritchie had a baby, and that was it. But I think that's yeah. far too slim, simplistic a way of describing this. I was going to say, I mean, that sounds like a very clickbaity yes. sentence. Yes. This movie is <laughs> Quentin Tarantino and Danny Boyle's love child on acid. Exactly, it just sounds a bit exactly, uh, and I wouldn't agree with that. But I, I would agree. Obviously, there's the influences and stuff there. Of course, there are, but then. Those people mentioned, they're, you know, they are filmmakers that show their influences on their sleeves. So it's not like you're really stealing from them anyway. But, um, but no, it was just, uh, it was just really frenetic and mm-hmm. um, just exciting and just and just really funny. And and the reason why it's called "Why Don't You Just Die" is is very is just a running joke throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and it was just brilliant, great slapstick humor, just like proper. Um, bloody action slapstick. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to catch it. And that movie again was called Why Don't You Just Die? Yes. Um, um, that is the name of the film. That isn't something <laughs> I've just told you, a listener, to do. Yeah, please don't. Uh, don't die till after the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, then there was more shorts, I think. And then um, you and my friend Phil... Uh, joined me at the cinema, and then it was time for Arctic. Yeah, now this was an interesting one. It sounds like you had been hanging out with the director a little bit yes, uh, this I, weekend. I mean, this is one of those difficult things, isn't it? When you know, because you, I met someone and you really like them, and then you see their film like a day later or something, mm. and you really want to like it. So uh, I got to know a few of the filmmakers, so that was the case with a lot of this. But um, Arctic, uh, yeah, Tom Bocci, Bocci, or Tom, it's hard to say his name, Tom. <laughs> w- worth saying as well, really cool guy, very engaging. A lot of these directors have to introduce the movie before it comes on. Some of them are better at it than others. <laughs> and Tom certainly, like, he, he really knows how to present this film, uh, knows how to present himself. And, uh, you know, he, he's a top guy, and I really enjoyed his film. Well, he's a funny guy, and he's done a bit of stand-up, so I think that he was one of the directors who really sort of got into people's faces and started shouting, going, you know, come on, wake up! 
It was like half four in the Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I picked up Tom from the airport on the Thursday night, uh, got him to his hotel, and then, um, yeah, it was a lovely guy, and his film was really cool. Um, a sort of weird contemporary uh, white knight fairy tale story. What did you think? Yeah, I think that's very fair. The, the movie that I think it's closest to, like one that I've seen that got a big release, um, that I couldn't get out of my head whilst I was watching it, is it's, it's quite similar to Unbreakable. The, really? Um, the, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan yeah. superhero it, thing. Is it? Yeah, I got huge vibes of that watching it because yeah. it's sort of like it's, um, it is a comic book movie, but steeped in reality yeah 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 you know you can't get away from the the naturalism of it 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 doesn't it doesn't fall into silly superhero world it is um it sort of like you know follows a comic book story but it is very clearly rooted in reality yeah 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 and it is focused very on sort of good and evil but it's about and i think like the, the the guy who's um the sort of hero um, you know, he's recovering from alcohol problems and everything, and mm-hmm. and it's sort of about getting, like, embracing the good and getting that bad out, and then it's a, a good central character and good uh, the um, the actress, uh, what was her name? Lauren Ashley Carter was there with Tom uh, for the screening. Um, she is Art, the character Artic's uh, wife, and they are the two sort of villains of the piece. And yeah. she's fantastic. And the guy was cool. I think it, Tom originally ha- had a wrestler lined up for it, but then he pulled out last minute. Yeah, it then... sounds like he had a big WWE superstar. My guess is uh, Luke from the Wyatts, because this guy <laughs> that he that does play the lead bad guy in Arctic has a very similar build uh, right. and presence. Um, so, I, you know, and, and I know that that guy has um, appeared in a couple horror movies. Um, but, like, I think one of the successes of this film is how strong the the lead bad guy is. He's got a real presence. There's a real, like, gravitas to his performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, yeah, he looks good. He's got this, like, weird leather arm strap and he's... Um... He looks like a sort, like almost sort of like a medieval warrior within this contemporary modern setting, doesn't he? When he's walking through town and stuff. Well, it's almost like you know when you see, um, I suppose, like uh, people in The Walking Dead. Uh, there's a lot of you know, sort of, um, you know, there's a, like like a lot of medieval retro stuff happening in Walking Dead at the moment because obviously you know, like they don't have running water and electricity you know it's sort of like it's regressed but it's also the future so people have like this sort of like weird crossover of like they're dressed half like knights and half like security guards yes (laughs) and there's a little bit of that in the bad guy in this yeah so it was really cool uh if you're into sort of tense um serial killer sort of action horror it's good. And also, if you're a comic book movie fan, there's a lot of uh, comic book Easter eggs in this. They made that very clear in the Q&A that it's, uh, you know, it is a movie inspired by comic books and the reading of comics and, you know, you know growing up entrenched in, in the world of comic books. And you can totally see that in this. There's a lot of like uh, little suggestions, you know, uh, bits of dialogue taken from certain graphic novels very interesting like and if you are into that sort of entertainment definitely worth a watch yeah very similar structure i could totally see it as a graphic novel yeah you know what I mean? 
Um, also, one thing that I found really interesting in the Q&A section of this film, because obviously we get a showing of the movie and then we also get a quick Q&A with the director, was uh, sunflowers heavily appeared in this film, Arctic. There were sunflowers all over. It was basically set on a farm that was basically a sunflower farm. Uh, but the director had uh, shot the film at a time of year where sunflowers literally cannot grow. So every sunflower <laughs> that you see in the film, I believe, has been added uh, in post. And there's like a There's a shot of this huge sunflower field and he revealed in the Q&A that every single sunflower in that shot had been digitally rendered and added to that image and that is mind-blowing because there's got to be over <laughs> you know maybe 300 sunflowers in this shot and they're moving as well with the wind they're not just stationary so I mean like serious amounts of animation and effort got into just depicting sunflowers i mean tom himself admitted this was his biggest mistake of the movie like should just shot at a different time of year or chose literally anything other than sunflowers yeah <laughs> but impressive and looked great yeah they looked out the performances and there was good uh the kids were good the good good uh children yeah. performances and yeah, yeah. yeah and also like I, I genuinely didn't notice this cgi rendering of sunflowers it's something that he had to reveal to all of us yeah exactly um so that was arctic a-r-t-i-k not arctic which was it's a mads mickelson movie which i also highly recommend right, right. <laughs> it's brilliant well no i think because tom was asking me like if he could speak to some people, because I think it was it was misspelled in some of the promo and stuff Ooh. somewhere. <laughs> um, but it's fine. It was A R T I K. But check it out. Um, and then uh, again, straight after that, there was another um, intro Q and A piece for the um, Irish supernatural rom com Extraordinary. Yeah, now for me, I mean, this was the big star of the weekend for me. Yeah, uh, me too. Really fantastic. blown away by the quality of this mm. picture. I think everyone was. And I think as they were coming out, you get little scorecards and stuff. And I was speaking to some of the girls that were collecting the scorecards in. And, you know, there were, there, were, there was like people had written six on it. And it only went up to five. Or people had done, you know, put 11. People had just put like <laughs> times 100. And stuff. It was just a huge hit in the cinema because I think people weren't ready for how funny it would actually be. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for the person sat next to me. <sighs> okay, yeah. Look, it was a full cinema for that one. It was a full screen. I'm sure if anybody else has, like, any form of anxiety problem, they'll understand, like, I like going to the cinema when I know there's going to be at least a chair of space either side <laughs> of me, unless I know you or I'm sleeping with you. Uh, then that's fine. You can sit next to me. But... Uh, a gentleman sat next to me, totally fine with that. That's fine. You know, it was a busy cinema. Um, and it was a funny film, but he decided to illustrate his enjoyment of the film by doing full on guttural belly laughs, I'd say every three seconds. And it, obviously, it did not ruin the movie for me in any way because this movie is so fucking great um but i do sincerely hope that man died on his way home <laughs> whoa um you could have moved you could have just <laughs> no it was a busy and... cinema no, and i didn't was... realize he was a cunt until about 15 minutes in and then i was like oh no oh, this is 
This is a lot. And he wasn't just laughing, right? You know, it sounds like I'm just complaining that someone's laughing at a movie in the cinema. That's not what I'm doing. He wasn't just laughing. He was doing... He was over laughing, right? He was mm-hmm. doing full-on comical laugh. Like, no one laughs that hard. And then he was vocalising it. So he wouldn't just laugh. He'd go, ha, 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 that's great. And then, like, ex- like shout, that's great. Or, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Mm. You don't need... You don't yeah. need to do these things. Just laugh at her. You just laugh, then stop. Yeah. Just quick laugh, then stop. So is this who I've become? I'm teaching people. I'm telling people <laughs> how to laugh now. Yeah. Like, you need to laugh in a certain way around me. Like, my pronouns aren't enough. <laughs> um, we should say a bit about the film. Um, Extraordinary is an Irish, uh, yeah, supernatural comedy. Um, it's about this sort of uh, lonely driving instructor... Um, played by Irish uh, comedian uh, Meve Higgins. Do you say Meve? Yeah, Ma- yeah, yeah, Maeve. Maeve. Maeve Higgins. Yeah, she's this driving instructor who can actually sort of uh, see the dead. She's got powers. Her her father um was a famous sort of paranormal investigator, and she has uh, these these powers um that she doesn't really like to use and people sort of hassle her about uh, just general yeah. sort of poltergeisty ghostly goings on. Um, and this film's funny because it focuses on the little, tiny, like, little toasters or, like, you know, waving or, yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. little branches, little things, like, little poltergeist movements, things falling off, those little shitty ghosts that we forget about. And this really focuses on that kind of haunting. Well, it's very steeped in Irish humour, which yes. I suppose is about the little things, you know. Totally. It's... So um, an American uh, ex-rock star comes to Ireland uh, in a sort of a bit of a spoof of the... Uh, musicians who used to go to Ireland uh, as a tax break, whatever. Like Chris Rear or... It was Chris de Berg. Chris de Berg, that's They were it, yeah. saying was a main inspiration for this. And you could tell when you see yeah. uh, the the singer, the, the he's this musician and, yeah, he does a song called Cosmic Woman. It's very Chris de Berg. Which is very much the spaceman came travelling. Yes, It feels yes. very much like a piss take of that. Yeah, so um, he's come there. He's played by Will Forte, um, yep. proper American star in it. Yeah, star of Nebraska, amongst yep. others. Yeah, Last Man on Earth TV series, and he's, you know, tons of SNL stuff. So, um, yeah, so he's quite a big star for it. Yeah, so he comes and then sort of raises, he's a Satanist, and then she has to get involved and save the day. And uh, it's just a fantastic little comedy uh, that everyone should see. Yeah, it's really, really accessible and just belly laughs a plenty, uh, as was demonstrated by the person sat next to me. (laughs) Uh, But but no, it's it's a really accessible film. Like, my parents fucking hate horror movies, but I think they could sit down and thoroughly enjoy this. Yes, uh, I think my parents, my parents are Irish, so they love this kind of comedy, but uh, they would love it. Uh, It was directed by Mike Ahern and Ender Lauman. Uh, Mike was at the festival yeah. um, with his pregnant wife, who's also in the film, who plays uh, the main character's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was pregnant as well in that. She's pregnant in the film and she's pregnant in real life. Yes. But she, yeah, but she, so it was weird sort of seeing, <laughs> yeah, it just, um, I mean, it's strange this whole festival sort of watching films then seeing the person or speaking to someone and you've yep. got them on your T-shirt or something. Um, anyway, so... It's just, yeah, it's a really well-made little um, film and it deserves just loads of success, I think. Well, they were saying that this movie might get a small cinema release at the end of this month, at the end of October 2019. And uh, if that is true and it does come up as showing 
uh, in a cinema local to you, you simply have to go. On, honestly, this is... It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. You have to catch Extraordinary. Yeah, it will be at festivals. As I say, it's on the Saturday. It's on the Saturday, um, the 12th uh, day, the Dead of Night Festival. It's on um, during the the Saturday of that. So um, I absolutely love the, um, the the sort of like a, the the intro bit of the movie. Uh, it has a style of humour that really reminds me of Look Around You. Yes. Do you remember that? With, totally. with Olivia Coleman, Peter yeah. Serafanowicz. Yeah. It's a bit Garth Marenga as well, yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, I was speaking to the director and he totally said that. He totally agreed with that. That's what he was going for. Yeah. Um, but in the Q&A, uh, someone stood up and said, uh, Oh, yeah. How did you get Aidan Gillen to do all uh, all that weird stuff in it? And then the director had to break it to the man that Aidan Gillen wasn't in that film. Yeah. And I was like, what? Aidan Gillen's not in that film. <laughs> not in that film. But I mean, and this person who asked the question was, you know, like sort of embarrassed in front of this auditorium full of people for getting that wrong. Uh, turns out the person who asked that question was the person sat next to me. <laughs> so it, it was nice to feel vindicated at, wow. at the end of this showing. But like, <laughs> see, the person I've thought for a bastard for the, ne- for the last hour and a half. Now all of you agree that he's a bastard. <laughs> well, the thing is, the director did agree because uh, he, he apparently, I don't know if I should say this, but he's not the biggest fan of Aidan Gillen. Yeah, yeah. Um actually no he did make this clear cuz he said um <laughs> he said uh, this no this guy looks a bit like Aidan Gillen. It's not Aidan Gillen. His name is Barry Ward. He calls him the rich man's Aidan Gillen. <laughs> um, so we made it clear to all of us. He did not bother. He's not a massive Aidan Gillen fan. But this guy's called Barry Ward. He was great. Does look a bit like him. Aidan Gillen obviously plays uh, Littlefinger in Game of Thrones and Tommy Carcetti in The Wire. But he's not in this film. No, he's not. <laughs> so if anyone says he is, uh, they're just wrong. Um, so, yeah. And then the Saturday night finished with uh, a um, monster movie called The Shed, which uh, and which I never saw. Yeah, I didn't watch The Shed either. But I met um, the director, Frank Sabatella, hung out with him all weekend. Um, he's a brilliant guy. And I'm now really eager to watch this film because it sounds really cool. Um, like a weird sort of bullied kids have a monster in the shed kind of thing. Yeah. And like it just sounds really like a cool little concept. And it's sort of like a, they're trying to convince the bully to go into the shed so the monster eats him, something yeah, like that. that. I think that's the sort of the, the Finn concept, but obviously there'll, there'll be much more yeah. around that. But, like a homicidal um, kids film. Yeah, but it, it sounds great. Uh, so uh, yeah um, keep an eye out for that as well mm-hmm. um, and The Wretched didn't see that at this point I think I was very drunk in the bar but um, <laughs> it's that that's appearing at a lot of festivals at the moment so. I've heard a lot of people yeah. were raving about that over the weekend The Wretched so we'll yeah. definitely have to try and catch that I think it's a bit of a re- 80s retro um, witchcraft film again so um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh, that was the last ones of the Saturday night which Brings us to the last day of the festival. Sure. Um, which started at half ten um, with a film called Dead Dicks. Now, I really want to recommend this film. Um, I hung out with the filmmakers all weekend. They um, a married couple from Canada called Chris Bavota and Lee Paula Springer. Um, they're totally lovely. Um but they made a really like fucked up film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as the, very low budget. The general concept of this film um, 
is a sort of a guy with mental illness, suicide guy, and his sister, you know, struggles to cope with him. And she goes around to his apartment one day to find out that um, he's tried to kill himself, but it doesn't work because every time he kills himself, uh, he has a crack in his wall, in his bedroom wall, which looks, well, they argue, looks a bit like either a vagina or an asshole, um, <laughs> which rebirths him every time he kills himself. And so every time he kills himself, he he's born again out of the wall from this weird white sack. And then uh, <laughs> and he just has to stay in his apartment with the dead bodies of himself. Um, and then <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's him and his sister working together to try and just sort out this mess that they've got themselves into. Uh, and this weird sort of cycle of life that's going on just inside this tiny apartment. Again, situational horror set inside the apartment. But this is more just um, a sad film, really, about mental health and about dealing with relatives with mental health problems mm. and the different effects that they, ha they have on the actual person involved and the person who has to deal with them uh, and what effect it has on their life. And um, it's a very... the the. The guys, when they did the Q&A, they were quite emotional. Um, I think for a start, they'd never seen the film on such a big screen. We had screen one in the Deansgate Great Northern Cinema in Manchester, and that's a massive screen. So I don't think they really expected to see their film on such a massive screen. It is a little film. But um, when people were asking them, obviously, stuff about mental health, it was Mental Health Awareness Week, I think. And um, so it was quite fitting. And I think they'd just been through problems in their life that... that now they they've pushed into creativity and made this film and uh they were genuinely quite emotional about it and it was a really moving part of the festival that i don't think anyone was ready for at half 10 or like <laughs> that time of the morning yeah, that's early <laughs> um but it's a fantastic film i i urge anyone to find this film uh, it's not just a cool little genre piece um it's just a generally important film about mental health i think um so yeah and it's got a great name it's called dead dicks <laughs> um, uh, but it's fantastic i'd highly recommend it um and i'd also highly recommend the film after it mm -hmm. which was called one br yes now i really really want to catch this yes directed by a guy called it's an american directed by a guy called david marmer uh i met the producer alok he was a great guy um well yeah he was he was a very drunk guy <laughs> there lovely guy um and yeah this is a, a film about a, a sort of apartment block in LA and a girl moving to it away from her parents and uh it not going quite the way she wanted it to it's a bit rosemary's baby it's a bit the invitation it's a bit um it's a bit all those films but it's really cool it's really tense um and i'd highly recommend it if you're after sort of a tense uh, horror movie and look out for the for the, the girl in it the main star Nicola uh, Nicole Bride and Bloom she's very good yeah um, and I think in the Q&A they said that we, they were really pleased with her because the original person uh, pulled out and their boyfriend who were both meant to be in the film and I think the producer was quite vocal about that <laughs> I believe he called them out yeah. like, by name yeah like don't hire them or they suck <laughs> um, but uh, the actual film's a really cool um, little horror movie and I'd, I'd highly recommend this one as well the next two movies are that were shown on, on this day like, I wanted to catch both of them I, unfortunately I only had time to catch one of them um, so we'll start with I See You which is the film that you saw uh, th this looked quite interesting it looked like it was uh, 
had a lot of money behind it. It looked, uh, I don't know, it, it, it looked like a legit fucking film. <laughs> You mean it's got Helen Hunt in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a famous person in it, I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no, you're right. Um, it does The look of this, is, it's a little bit more sophisticated. Um, it, it looks like something that A24 could have made. Yeah. Um, so this directed uh, American film, directed by Adam Randall. Um, yeah, it's called I See You. It's one of those films you can't really say too much about because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to give it away. Um, Helen Hunt's very good in this film a lot of the guys are very good in it but um, basically it's about a family that are sort of um, recovering from infidelity uh, in the marriage and um, you know it's fraught um, and so they're dealing with that and the dad is a police officer who is investigating um, a series of um, missing children in the area Mm -hmm. Um, and and at the same time, a uh, strange things start happening in the house, basically, um, and that's all I can really say about it. <laughs> sure. No, like it, it's um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like we probably shouldn't say too much about this film. No. Uh, uh, you know, as as you've explained, but definitely something to keep an eye out for. Again, I, I think that we're we're talking about a lot of. Uh, uh, high quality films this week so do keep an eye out for i see you it's good good story i'd highly recommend it pacey it's great harpoon i didn't see no but i did see harpoon uh i'd say you know probably the second best film that i saw of the weekend um really really intense anxiety inducing film about three close friends uh, that include a boyfriend girlfriend and their closest friend they go on uh, for, they go out for a day trip on uh, their boat. Uh, they take a harpoon with them. As you do. And, you know, the film goes from there. <laughs> and it's very, very taut, high tension. Uh, again, another small situation movie similar to 4x4 mm. or Blood Vessel. Um, but this really goes the extra mile in terms of emotional pain. Uh, like, I don't know. You just really feel the situation that you're watching on screen in this film. Uh, highly recommend Harpoon. And I believe that's showing at the Liverpool Film Festival on the weekend yes, as well. Yes, on the Sunday, yeah. Um, I think that features the lead actor from Turbo Kid. It does, um, yeah. Yeah, which is a great little um, bloody B-movie. Um, this was directed by Rob Grant, who was there doing an intro and a Q&A. Mm-hmm. Um, he's appeared at Grimfest before, and he's a friend of Grimfest, I believe. Now, I don't know if it's the same guy as the guy from Turbo Kid, but one of the guys in it is also... Um, he's in the uh, he's in Stranger Things. Okay. He was um, uh, the little girl's brother in the most recent series, the one with the mullet. Uh, he got got a little bit of internet meme fame this year, <laughs> right? Um, but you know the baddie with the blonde mullet. Okay. 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 Um, so yeah, it's towards the end of the festival on the Sunday, um, and then they sort of had well, they had the big guest. Um, which was the for the Sunday, which was the Soska sisters, mm-hmm. um, but the promoting their new film, Rabid, Rabid, how do you say it? Rabid, Rabid, um, which is a um, remake of the Cronenberg movie from the seventies. Now it seems a lesser known of the Cronenberg. I mean, I'm not the hugest Cronenberg fan anyway, but like, uh, uh, you know, I'm aware of a lot of his works. I am not aware of Rabid. Well, it was the sort of 
uh, is that three films that you did in the seventies that sort of were, you you got Shivers, The Brood, and yeah. Rabid. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, you know, again, of those three, Rabid is the only one that I'm not familiar with. Right, Rabid. I just remember the covers, like this all fucked up girl, like in her bathroom, and she's all like fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't remember Rabid at all. The original. Um, I didn't get to see uh, this new one. Uh, I think the Soska sisters. Possibly on their film, possibly a bit more divisive, maybe than some of the others. I don't know, and possibly they are a bit more than some yeah. of the others. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about the Sausage Sisters. They had a huge fan base there, though. No, also, and and also, it's worth us saying, you know, neither of us saw this film, so we are not in a position to tell you whether you should or shouldn't see it. Um, yeah, I, I'd say probably go and see it because <laughs> the rest of the quality of the films that weekend were very good. Well, I am actually going to see this because this is playing at Dead of Night Festival. In, cool. In, um, well, you can tell us how it is next week then, I yes, suppose. Yes, I will. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But the Sosca Sisters, are, they're very fun. They, they, they spent a lot of time with fans and, you know, you can't hold that against them. No, totally. Um, they did a Q&A. Um, I caught the Q&A. They, the Horror Channel, obviously, was a big sponsor of this festival. Horror Channel just celebrating their 15th birthday as well. Mm-hmm. And they were there giving an award to the Sosca Sisters. Uh, and the Soska sisters got quite emotional because they were saying that they were about to give up filmmaking and and they were just really touched. Um, I thought that was quite moving. The audience did. Everyone clapped. Later on in the bar, some of the filmmakers maybe <laughs> maybe said that you know I don't know that maybe that was a little bit fake uh, <laughs> and that the film was slocky, Words like that. Uh, but but you know. <laughs> I don't want to criticise any of the films here because they're all so great and I'm looking forward to watching this. Um, and this yeah. features CM Punk. Who, who is he? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's quite interesting. I probably would have gone if, I yeah. knew, if I'd known that. People were asking about that. In well, the, he's, he's, a, he's a former yeah, WWE right. superstar. And people were asking about before him. Before he fucking <laughs> nosedived his own career. Right. <laughs> well, he's uh, in Rabbit. <laughs> I think he plays uh, her boyfriend in all the most. Side. Anyway, she's, he's in that. Um, so then, uh, but it, like the, the, the crowd for the Soska sisters and getting photos with them and getting stuff signed was massive. So yeah. it sort of, uh, it was feared that it would interrupt with the last film. Mm-hmm. Now the last film was a big premiere of a zombie film called Little Monsters. Now I was impressed that this was even a part of the program because this is a film that I was just expecting to be massive and huge. Obviously it's got the star of us in it, um, and yeah, massive film. Yes, and Josh Gad um, from yes. America. But uh, this is this is essentially a low budget Australian movie. Um, it's all set in Australia, and they just got some big stars for it. But um, it it's yeah. But for this festival, it was a big draw. Um, I didn't get to see it mm-hmm. um, because I uh, it was by that time it was the end of the festival, and we were just in after party mode. Um, but what I did see was the. Um, little short before this film now um this wasn't just a short this was a half hour sort of special this was a um a half hour feature made by um this brilliant guy from america lovely bloke um one of the most lovely people probably i've ever met (laughs) he's called kevin roffsberger uh roffsberger and he made uh this half hour feature called loom and uh it's like a romantic 70s retro monster 
movie a uh, little camping thing um about this couple that go camping and uh run into some locals but then shit happens yeah. <laughs> and um monsters is just as romance as sideburns it's a fantastic feature and i just i'd love uh kevin to get a, a feature film out of it or i think he's tempted to do a series within this world but i think um kevin could go on and make a, a fantastic like retro monster movies like something like monster squad or something yeah um and kevin's a great actor himself and i just want him to get more work uh, yeah I, I had the pleasure <laughs> of meeting the guys behind this film and they, they, they were delightful um has to be said yes they were absolutely brilliant um he's been messaging me uh last night and i've just been in touch with them they're just fantastic guys and i just want the best for them so i hope this really is a success for them yeah also i'd like to say uh if you've got the time check out the trailer for little monsters which was the headline movie of this festival because it is coming out soon it is going to get a wider release uh and it, it does look very intriguing very unique sort of you know uh, i know it does feel like we've um pardon the pun it feels like we've done zombie films to death but this really takes it in a new direction that i haven't seen done with zombie films and I'm excited to see it. Yeah. And um, that's Little Monsters. <laughs> talking, yeah, talking to Kevin actually about um, Loom, the film before Little Monsters, um, they went for a sort of retro uh, feel, a sort of um, more monstery style. And, and, and I felt like this whole festival, there was just loads of little stuff that I really like popping up. There was um, creature features, yeah. retro creature features. The creature design in yes. Blood Vessel, which yes. we're not going to spoil, is fantastic. Go and see that film. Yeah, and um, there was specifics on black magic and folklore, and I love all that shit. And there was just, I think there's something, there was something for everyone. I know that's a cliched thing to say, but, the, well, for me, there was just a little bit in everything I, I, yeah. just, I liked, you know what I mean? And I, but the running theme was just how high quality all of the pieces we saw were. Yeah. So um, I had a fantastic time, and I just recommend maybe find all the trailers for for all the films that were on or whatever. Find the short movies. Just look into some of these filmmakers or films they've made before, um, because there is there's a whole whole big well of of <laughs> of just amazing horror talent out there that just isn't championed enough. Totally. And also, it's worth mentioning that... Uh, now, if you're a regular listener of Movie Bong, uh, you'll be aware of what we do here. Um, but if you're, if you're new, it's probably worth us explaining. We don't just review mo movies. Uh, what we do in each of these podcasts is we choose a genre of film. Uh, we review a few f films from that subject. And then we go into pitches, where we pitch mad ideas for films that we believe should exist. Uh, so this week, we've obviously been to an independent film festival, Grimfest. Uh, so in the next section of the podcast, we're going to be pitching some independent, low-budget horror movie ideas. Yeah, situational, yeah. possibly. That kind of, the kind of film that would be on at this festival. Totally. Uh, so let's get stuck into that. Uh, yeah, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Cause, I mean, we, we, I think more so than any other episode that we've done uh, in this uh in this series, uh, in this episode, the quality is so high. And I know I keep saying that, but, you know, we normally review a lot of shit. <laughs> yes. And these are films you probably haven't heard, you might not have heard of. And, and we'll struggle to hear of. So, so do keep 
keep a note of the the films that we're mentioning. It'll be in the description of the podcast uh, uh, that you're whatever device you're fucking listening this to this on. <laughs> um, but you know, keep an eye out for them because they're going to be released, but they're going to be small releases. You might miss them. Uh, so if you do hear of a movie that you you think, oh, that premise sounds interesting, you know, keep a hold of it and keep an eye out for it. <laughs> yeah. And if there's anything that you want to ever recommend to us, go ahead. Yeah. Um, particularly horror. <laughs> um, but yeah, had a great time. It was amazing. And I just want to say a big thank you to the Grimfest guys, um, Simi and Laura, and everyone who um, just puts it together because they, they do, they have made just such a great little festival. Really, really impressed with Grimfest. And also it's worth noting that it's not just like a once a year thing. Grimfest run events uh, across the Northwest, across the, you know, all year round. Uh, I mean, we tried to get to a a Hammer Horror double uh, back in July, but failed because we're (laughs) terrible people. But I'm definitely going to try and catch more from Grimfest. I was just blown away by the quality this weekend. Yeah, and I'll definitely be there for the next big festival next year. Okay, we're back. It's the pitches section. I believe it's your turn to go first this week, Mike. No, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm completely wrong. Is it your turn to go first? It, it's my it's my turn. We lose track. I mean, it's hard. We're um, very high. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's you first, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Okay, so obviously we're, we're pitching movies um, as we do every week on Movie Bong. This week, uh, sort of like an independent horror, low-budget, situational well, this, theme. Yeah, this was a tricky one because obviously this whole podcast has been about the Grimfest um, horror festival mm-hmm. and uh so like what that's not really a genre <laughs> um and horror's a genre we've done quite a lot of horror episodes yeah um but the kind of films that are featured at this festival um are more often than not sort of situational horrors yes definitely so yeah, yeah there's a lot here um like you said harpoon harpoon um, four by four yeah blood vessel um several set in flats so why don't you just die um icu is mainly in a house yeah um so it's it, they're usually but often because of the budget and uh, the restraints and whatnot uh these films will be sort of a, a tense situational horror movie yeah um like blood vessel they filmed all on like a museum like boat yeah it's, then, it's filmed on a boat which yeah. is also you know it's, it's a world war Two museum yeah um, and for the far away stuff, uh, the longer shots, it's like model work. It's all model work. Yeah, it's meant to be like a like a twenty five foot uh, raft. And I mean, like they do all sorts of things to this raft, and it and it looks like you know a full size boat. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, really impressive with what they can do with model work. I've always been a fan of model work, obviously as far back as like Star Wars, but I prefer real physical effects to you know CGI that we see a lot these days. I love the old school like stop motion stuff of Ray Harryhausen, like Jason the Argonaut, Clash Yeah. And so anything with that, anything with kind of practical effects uh, will always spark my interest. Cool. Well, uh, my idea, my first idea, because I've got two this week. Okay. Uh, first one, very situational, uh, largely set in a single luxury flat. Right, yes. Or, or luxury house, rather. Yes, so I'm seeing, yeah, so as I said, I see you was a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, why don't you Why don't you just die? All set in a flat. So it's, you've got to be very um, clever with the use of cameras and shit in all the different rooms and yeah. how you manipulate it all and how you make it look. So, yeah. 
so we start off with uh, my, my main character, who is, uh, he, he was an orphan by birth, so he never knew his parents. Uh, he's, he's grown up and become self-sufficient. Uh, and one day, he randomly gets a letter uh, to tell him that he is the only sole surviving heir of a massive fortune that he had no idea about. Okay. So basically, an estranged and uh, super eccentric uh, millionaire Right. Has uh, left their estate in their will to this this person. Basically, like they they are uh, distantly related, and this person has like no connection to like friends or family. They they were a bit of a, a hermit, a recluse. Yes. Uh, okay. But also a massive rich bastard. Right. Okay. Uh, so like this this guy, uh, you know, millennial guy, similar age uh, disposition to us too. Uh, goes and lives in this fucking amazing mansion house. Right. And it's all lovely and stuff. Uh, but when he's sort of like sleeping, you know, like hears a few sounds and things like that in the walls. And uh, basically he goes downstairs and he's sort of like looking about and he uncovers this secret basement room. Right. Uh, and it's got locked in it like about 10 to 12 full-on feral children. Okay. Like, go on. Well, I was going to say, there's similarities, which is a fine thing, to some of the films we've seen this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, okay. Yeah, the, the kids, right? All in a fucking basement, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. similar to like uh, Arctic, Arctic there, was, yeah. there was a group of feral children. Yeah, or a bit like uh, Wes Craven's uh, People Under the Stairs. Exactly that. Okay. Uh, so basically, it turns out that this random eccentric millionaire uh, one of his hobbies is he likes to, you know, keep a dozen feral children in his basement. Some guys do. <laughs> um, I've heard Richard Branson's a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously the guy quite rightly calls the police. Uh, the, the police come and they like, um, they, they look after them. They take, they take the kids away. They make sure they're safe. Um, and the guy, you know, goes back to living in this fucking lovely house. Right. As the story progresses... Uh, he's still hearing a few weird sounds and there's like a few strange things going on. You know, like things being moved, stuff like that. Feels like, you know, yeah. someone's still in the house. Shit. It turns out there is someone still in the house. There's like one of these kids they didn't they didn't take away with them. There's like one left. Like living in the walls and shit. Yeah. Like those, yeah. And then just being generally dead spooky and like taunting the the person who lives in the house. Okay. Uh, and basically, like, they sort of develop this weird relationship. And I want, like, at the end of the movie to sort of, like, the guy who lives in the house kind of agrees to keep this kid in the basement again. Like, this kid sort of, like, it likes to be kept down there. Right. You okay. know, it, it sort of, you know, it's a very, they're a very, like, submissive feral human person and they 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 like to be uh you know told what to do by their uh in quotation marks master right okay and like this guy who's moved into the house like you know he he's like like grows to accept that and that would be like dead creepy to see like someone be like someone be okay with it and like turn that sort of like horrendous awful activity into like normal day-to-day routine so they just carry on with their lives knowing that there's someone in 
yeah, yeah. the walls and shit. Or well, they, they sort of like, they, they look after them and they chain right, right, them yeah, up yeah. and they have to like... Oh, they chain them up and then they yeah, yeah form a relationship from there. Yeah. With them. And do all of the messed up stuff that the original owner used to do with all of the kids. You know, like... Lovely. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, reminiscent of actually um, the woman starring Pollyanna McIntosh, mm, yeah, which I haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, that car- that's about you know a character chained up in a basement. A lot of it. Um, so and yeah, various things happening to her. Uh, okay, all right. It's a thing where like I think uh, for a lot of the film, you think it's about this person sort of like having to fight and have conflict with this person that lives in their house. But then as it as it goes on, they sort of just accept the situation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they live together. So it's sort and of I a... think that would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah, but sort of love story. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, you know, like, I mean, it's not miles away from arguably like the secretary. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, we often do casting, directing. Obviously, with these kind of films, mm-hmm. you're thinking of maybe a newer director, filmmaker, whatever. Um, but some of these films do have the odd star in it. ICU has Helen Hunt. Um, yeah. The Rebecca Romain was in um, Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And you had, uh, how do you pronounce her name from Black Panther? Laputa Naigo. Is that right? Oh, Lapita. I know it's yeah. Lapita. Lapita. I'm afraid uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name yeah. because I'm terribly white. We are. Sorry. Um, but uh, from us and stuff. So, that you know, you, you can have maybe at least one or two stars in mm-hmm. it if you want. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of people off the top of my head that I think would be that would, that would, that would really work for these particular roles. Um, but I do think they're they wouldn't be that difficult to cast. I mean, like they're. They're strong character. I mean, like the main character. I mean, they could be any gender, race, as long as they're sort of like I think roughly between the ages of twenty-five and thirty-five. Right. Um, that that's all. That's my only requirement for the main character. And as long as the the feral person is good at playing feral. Yes. We'll get Pollyanna back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she is very good uh, at being at the feral acting. Did you have a title? Uh, I was thinking of calling it like air, as in H E I R. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And it's sort of about like this weird inherited evil that this person seems to have from his family, despite never having a- actively lived with them. You know, like this person seems to have this dormant uh, desire to control other people. Right. Um. But I'm sure you've met people like that before. <laughs> On the comedy circuit, definitely. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, my second idea okay. is called Goat. Goat? Goat. Right. It stars a goat. <laughs> like Black Philip from The Witch. Very, very similar like uh, to Black Philip from The Witch. It is, like, you know, I can't deny, it is inspired by Black Philip from The Witch. Uh, but... We're using him in a in a different context, in a different way, uh, and making him the you know this real standout star of this film. So female white Phyllis, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, okay. So like this this guy lives in a in a, in a small town, 
Um, it could be England. It could be America. I'm not bothered. You know, let's not get bogged down in the details. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of, he just has a, a relatively nice life, normal life. You know, he's, he's a bit of a depressive, but you know, who isn't in 2019? Hello. And, uh, he basically, he befriends this goat. Right. Where's this going? Well, like, I feel like maybe he has like a, <laughs> maybe he has like a death in the family or something like that hits him quite hard. Uh, and then the following day, like this goat appears. There's just sort of like a goat. Okay. About. Uh, and the goat sort of like helps him out. He's like quite nice to him. He sort of like plays with him, uh, you know, brings him stuff if he need. you know, like bring him a bit of food if he's hungry. Okay. You know? Uh, just, it's a friendly goat, mate. Okay, I'm just a bit worried about where this is going. Like, oh, you're worried that he's going to fuck the goat? Basically, I mean, I didn't know whether you were going to throw a romantic element in there. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's this weird, uh, I think it's a British uh, horror comedy called The Revenge of Billy the Kid, which is about oh. this uh, farmer who fucks a goat. And then the weird human mutant hybrid that the goat gives birth to then eventually turns into like a killer, um, huge, you know, man-sized killer goat man and then goes back to the farm to, to kill the family. What? I mean, like, that sounds a lot. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's utterly disgusting. That film. <laughs> it's all toilet humor and it's all, uh, yeah, gross. Wait, when was this made? Uh, late 80s early 90s um, yeah it's uh, it's funny though <laughs> it's making my idea sound very tame <laughs> well this actually exists so check it out it's called The Revenge of Billy the Kid but um, so yeah so carry on okay so uh, he's not going to fuck the goat I mean okay. I, I hadn't thought about it I don't well, know, maybe a finger. Who just, knows? I'm just saying, just like there is a film with goat fucking, so you don't need to. No, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that box has very much been ticked. Good. Um, Thank God. So uh, he makes friends with this goat. He's, he's happy with the goat. He's playing with the goat. Yeah. He's like, you know, starts turning up to friends' birthday parties, like with a goat. You know, like he starts, you know. A bit weird. You know, go, you know, hanging out with his mate, you know, taking his goat to work. To and, the pub. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's sort of like, why have you got a goat? And he's like, we just get on. Like, it's not weird. Like. You know, if I'm yeah. fine with it, like, why, you know, it's not, we're not hurting anybody. Uh, leave off my goat. Well, he shouldn't be bringing pets to work. I think that's probably the problem. Yeah, but, oh. it, you know, like... Uh, in a pub, in the right pub, they might let you. <laughs> <laughs> you are, I mean, I've never seen any no-goat signs in a pub. Just saying, you know, you go into the weird, a weird local pub in Wales or something, I don't know, you know, there might, there's a good chance there might be a goat in there. <laughs> a pub dog, maybe a goat. A pub, a pub goat. Pub goat, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Not serving behind the bar, but like, you know, just sort of, you know, running <laughs> Collecting around. glasses. Well, yeah, at least. It needs to earn its keep somehow. Uh, okay, so um, as, as this movie goes on, there's a few random deaths, right? Basically, like... That's what we need. Anyone who is, like, vaguely nasty or, like, slightly demeaning to our main character is murdered, Right? Right. And, you know, heavily suggests that the goat is doing it. Yeah. Like, the goat is so protective of this person that, like, they will murder anybody who, like, belittles them in any way. Okay. And so do people start thinking the owner of the goat is murdering people? No, like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's sort of like there's, there's, there's confusion over, like, 
Why, why are all these people dying? Is the main character the suspect? Yeah, or is it this goat? Mm. Right? Because, right. you know, there's a few, you know, bloody hoof prints around the body. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then I think as we go on, we sort of get the feeling that maybe this goat is Satan himself. Right, okay. Uh, you think Satan would decide to disguise himself as something different than a goat? Because everybody, it's well, a bit obvious, like maybe a guinea pig or a uh, mm-hmm. snail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like maybe that's a, that's a, that's a probably like a more idiosyncratic project maybe that's like uh maybe that is what this project needs <laughs> maybe but but then with budget constraints i mean this is solid this could work yeah yeah um you know because goats are pretty scary and they're featured in uh i mean there was some good goat scenes in um extraordinary yes definitely <laughs> um uh goats exploding <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, goats are a well-versed sort of horror animal, I guess, nowadays. Yeah, and there's just something that's so... Um, Goaty. Yeah. <laughs> They're just very characterful uh, creatures. I mean, uh, particularly in, in The Witch is the, is the instance that comes to mind for me. I yeah. mean, the use of a goat in that is absolutely fantastic. If you haven't seen The Witch, definitely, definitely watch The Witch. Yeah, if you like goat movies um, and, you, you know, you can't bear to wait for this one to be eventually made. Um, yeah, the witch. But what I want to make with this one is like the, you know, like the archetypal goat murder movie. Right. Right. Uh, At some point, this goat is going to go on a rampage and it is going to, it's going to kill a lot of people. I want a high body count from goat related mishaps. Right. You know, I, I want him running through a petrol station and it somehow exploded. Exploding. Yeah. You mean like Rambo and did in First Blood? I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, it. In fact, you know, if when you think about it, this guy could also be called Rambo. He, is he a Ram? Rambo? Oh, Rambo? Hang on. Rambo. Scratch original original idea. Why don't we just do a goat version of Rambo? Yeah, we're going to remake First Rambo Blood. First Blood yeah. with a goat. Oh, well, like, with yeah, a, ram. a ram. Yeah. Sorry, with a male sheep, which is a ram. Uh, yeah, yeah, scrap all of my ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is okay. what we're going with, Mike. We've got a new idea. Troutman can be a trout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, an animal-based version of First Blood. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> the cops can be pigs. Of course. Brian, right, okay. Brian so we, well, I mean, like, yeah. I wasn't expecting this at all. But no, that, that, that's on the cards now. Rambo, uh, R-A-M are in capitals and then a small B-O. So it's <laughs> Rambo. Uh, yeah. So obviously our main character is a ram in this yeah. instance. Uh, yeah. His old army general is a talking <laughs> fish. Um, and then we've got the cops played by actual pigs. Yeah. I mean, we can make this on a very cheap budget because... Mm. For Troutman, you can just, you, you know, get those novelty things that you put on the wall. Like where, a big mouth Billy Bass. Yeah, yeah, where the, the fish, like, sings fucking a just <laughs> stupid fucking song. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ram might be quite hard to deal with. We'd have to hire an experienced farmer, shepherd, whatever they are, mm-hmm. um, to uh, assist us. Yes, no, we're going to have a lot of that on set. A lot of come-bys on set. Yeah, yeah. Unless you do puppet work. Yeah. For all the animals. Yeah. And then it's like a sort of Muppets movie almost. Right, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Muppets Rambo now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's lots of avenues you can go down. Or make it like 
CG animated cartoon. Or Glambo, like a glam rock Rambo. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> really, like, turn it into a musical. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Hedwig and the Angry Inch, but um, Rambo. But with more death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, less homosexual stuff, obviously, because it's Rambo. Yeah, I I'd, I'd get the feeling that Rambo's not okay with the gays. No. Uh, but we digress. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those are my two ideas. Right. Air and goat, right? So you've got like a, a weird sort of like situational horror film in a luxury house with some feral children. Or you've got <laughs> Rambo retold um, with the main character played by a male sheep. That's the one I'm going for. <laughs> Give the award to that one. Okay, welcome back. Right, uh, so yeah, situational horrors sort of thing, you know, all set in one place. It doesn't have to be just horror. I mean, Die Hard is that kind of thing, isn't it? Very true. Um, and uh, Snakes on a Plane would be a huge big... Um, situational sort of horror, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane! You know. Uncanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I it mean... It was like Samuel was right here. <laughs> There's lots of um, loads of little situational ideas you could have to do with that. Uh, I've always thought of lots of ones to do with, like, snakes on a plane, Jack Russell's in a caravan... Um, yeah. Um, what were the other ones? Uh, badges in a hearse. Snails on a boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baboons in a lift. Um, <laughs> two bulldogs. No, three bulldogs in a portaloo. Um, Llamas <laughs> in a fridge. <laughs> oh, um, two stick insects in a thimble. And they don't get on. Um, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so much scope, I think. Uh, Batches I wanna, in a Humvee. Yeah. I mean, we could just do the rest of the podcast as yeah, this, really. You, you know, right. llamas in a refrigerator. They wouldn't even fit. Um, so, <laughs> Two cats under the sink. <laughs> oh. um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Where were we? Oh, my, my uh, another idea. So there's so many ideas you could have, taking it in a, like in a situation point of view. You d- I don't know why we're so obsessed with animals in the movie. You don't have to have animals in it. Uh, neither a Ram version of Rambo or anything. Um, but I would, I do take. I'm taking my inspiration from uh, a fairy tale. Okay. Well, it's not really a fairy tale actually. It's like an old rhyme. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sure. Have you ever heard of uh, the old rhyme? Mm-hmm. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. I have heard of this. Okay, so. Now, keeping in mind, um, I've watched a lot of uh, these sort of situational, cool little horror movies at Grimfest. Um, mm-hmm. So I've, 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 gleamed inf- in, I've gleamed inspiration from uh, a fair few. Okay. So, I mean, Arctic itself was um, a bit of a modern fairy tale, wasn't it? Yeah. Really. A bit of like it had an old school sort of, grim vibe to it but in a modern setting um so a bit of that but maybe more of the that setting a bit more and um and a bit like the films i see you which was all set in a big house or uh why don't you just die as i said is set all set in a little apartment same with dead dicks all set in a in a, an apartment so um i'd like to do this all inside you know a big shoe 
Um, so it's like a house. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, you've seen, you know what, like, yeah, old woman in a shoe. It's like a big shoe, but it's like a fucking house at yeah. the same time. No, it's it got like a, a window on it. It's and a house sized shoe. Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing was that she had loads of fucking kids, um, and loads of family in there. I mean, I'll read you the basic uh, rhyme. Um, obviously, there's lots of different versions, but uh, there was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. She gave them some broth without any bread, then whipped them all soundly and put them to bed. So that's the inspiration for the piece. But um, I want to make like a dark horror film all set inside uh, the shoe house. Right. So I would assume maybe that... So is she some sort of witch in this scenario? Quite possibly. But I was thinking more, she was quite a kindly old woman. Oh, okay. With uh, just a massive large family, you know, as the rhyme is. And she um, lives in this huge shoe. But the shoe uh, is haunted. Or like possessed, a bit like Christine, Stephen King. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Haunted shoe. Instead of a, yeah, instead of a haunted car, you've got a haunted shoe house. Instead of a haunted house, you've got a haunted shoe. I mean, this sounds like rubber, but with like a giant shoe. Yes, yes. We similar vibes to if you if you've never seen Rubber, you're listening to this. It's um, a bizarre art house horror movie about a killer tire that rolls around and uh, kills people. <laughs> it's really good, actually. It's very grindhouse, isn't it? Yeah, but it's surreal and um, very abstract and 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 yeah, really quirky. I've heard genuinely actually good things. Like I know it's. It sounds like a stupid idea, but like I've heard it's actually executed quite well. It is. It's by um, the guy who was behind, I think it was, uh, I want to say his name right, it's French, Quentin Duplerc, Duplerc, or I don't know. Um, he was behind that song, Mr. Wazoo, the the old dance hit. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? Flat, what was that? Flat, the Eric, what was the, the puppet? Flat was Eric. It? Yeah. Was that a puppet? No, it was, is that something else? Anyway, um, he was a DJ. Then he went on to direct movies, and they're not as bad as they sound. They're kind of more art house and weird. So the yeah. art, like Rubber, is pretty clever. And he did one called Wrong and Wrong Cops. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, we could make it that surreal. <coughs> cool. Probably have to be. We are talking about a haunted shoe house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it almost sounds like Howl's Moving Castle at this point. Yes, except I want to make it dark. Now, the old woman gets possessed by the shoe house, and um, if you you probably can't hear this uh, at home, but uh, th- for the last ten minutes, my rabbit has been kicking up fuss in her cage. She's throwing shit around. I don't know if you can hear it. It's really distracting me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what you're looking at, Molly. She is a she's a real. Ra- I, I own a rabbit. Yeah, she's yeah. a real rabbit. She's just like. Freaking me out here. I'm trying to make a scary film about a shoe house. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, the shoe house sort of possesses the old woman. And then she kills and eats all her kids. Whoa. Well, maybe one or two get away. Obviously, we need some sort of... <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, main character to get away or whatever. Uh, but, like, uh, maybe she gets possessed by shoes. She starts getting really interested in shoes. She starts killing the kids with shoes. Um... I'd like her to be played by... We can get, like, a, a, a an old... Not... I don't say old star. Like, um, maybe someone who's not... Like Helen Hunt in ICU. Maybe someone yeah. who is working, but is still... 
willing to do these sort of indie projects mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, maybe their star is... I think I Patricia wanna... Arquette would be good in this. Uh, yes. If you've seen, uh, again, I've, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Escape from Danamora, which was Penn Stiller's uh, prison drama that he made recently, uh, is absolutely fantastic. And Patricia Arquette, I think she won like a Golden Globe or an Emmy or something. But her performance in it is like transformative. Like it's unbelievable that it's even Patricia Arquette. And it's a fantastic show and everyone should see it. I think it's available online on like Prime or Sky Atlantic. I'd like to see that because Ben Stiller is a fantastic director. And it's uh, the main two characters in it are played by Paul Dano, who I think is fantastic, and Benicio Del Toro. So it is like real top tier television that not enough people are talking about. Yeah, well, not enough people give Ben Stiller credit uh, as a director. I mean, um, I love Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, we discussed that before. It's a great film. Um, So, yeah, I was originally thinking Kathy Bates. um, Nice. Who, you know, obviously Misery and and all that. And Um, they're planning a Misery TV series at the moment, I believe. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, really? In in a similar vein to, you know, like uh, Bates Motel. Okay. Would she appear? I am unclear on the details. I know, like, her character will be played by someone else, but I um, I don't know if she'll appear as an older character. Yeah. Maybe a mother figure or something. Right. So I was originally thinking her, but then we could have... Um, I mean, we could put twists on it. We could have, uh, like, a grandmother in the shoe and then the daughter-mother in the shoe and then loads of kids and then it could be, like, the mother against the mother. I don't know. I quite like this idea of exploring the horror potential of these quaint fairy tales. Yes. I mean, well, horror films have always, like, taken fairy tales and stuff. Um, Company of the Wolf, we, we, yeah, we talk about quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, Company of Wolves is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, particularly Red Riding Hood and shit like that has always been uh, manipulated for horror. But these little... I know what you mean, these little old rhymes and stuff so a, a lot of them haven't been uh you know used and they're, they're not a bad source but there could be like cameos from other fairy tales like yes. she could live not far from the three little pigs yes and there was um uh, the owl and the pussycat yes right and that was a f- that i was gonna say that was a film about it. <laughs> that was uh, a tale of a rhyme or whatever it was about an owl and a pussycat just going off in a boat basically on a date that would work as a great little fantasy rom-com or like a little you know wouldn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean it is interspecies uh an owl and a pussycat and it is weird and i guess like a, a cat would sort of be an owl's predator in a way i feel like you started this podcast or started this section very adamant that you didn't want to see anyone fuck an animal and now mm. you're you're really it seems like you're very pro-bestiality at this point in the podcast. It just seems to go that way sometimes. <laughs> um, but okay, well, we're well, well, back to the shoe horror. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can see this working, right? Like a proper tense haunted housey movie with, you know, deaths and gore, but all set in a shoe house. Or maybe like, you know, like there could be all of this stuff going on inside the house. Uh, and then like right at the end of the film, a giant like just puts his foot in the boot boot. (laughs) like ties it up and walks off yes and like like everyone that's in the house just immediately dies because he's crushed them with his like giant foot yes yes (laughs) yes and then it turns out that we're in this sort of giant world where there's all people like running around living in like shoes and under rocks and shit interesting or maybe there's like a (laughs) twist when you like sort of find out that you know, she doesn't live in a giant shoe. She's just, like, borrower-sized. Yes. Go the other way. 
Yara turned out she was just mentally ill and it was never sure. It was just yeah. a normal house. <laughs> <laughs> Grand, what are you doing? Mum, what are you doing? Stop killing us. I wonder what the uh, the market value of a giant shoe house is. I don't know. What I mean, what material? Like, is it? A, are you covering your house in leather? Is that okay? Well, after smell? after watching the shoe house murder starring Kathy Bates, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I could ever move into a shoe. It was, yeah, scary. Anyway, um, so so that was my film idea. But um, before we go, um, obviously we've been talking about a horror movie festival. Yeah. And, um, you know, and all the movies and what, 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 what's involved in that. Um, what about if we put our own festival together? What about a movie bong movie festival? Now that sounds... <laughs> interesting no yeah yeah what would it be i you know it's, it's a weird one really i mean personally you know i've obviously loved my time at grimfest over the weekend uh, and I, i've been aware of grimfest for a while because I, I used to work at the dance house theater right. and they used to do these all dayers there that i absolutely loved uh, they did like um uh, a stephen king film festival and they did a john carpenter film festival so like you know not to be one to steal other people's ideas, but I really want to see another John Carpenter film festival. <laughs> right, right, right. And we are both huge fans. But that's a very, you know, that's a boring answer. That's that's not very creative. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough one, really, because we've watched such disparate films in research for this show over the episodes. And, you know... Sometimes I enjoy watching a terrible film with you as just as much as I enjoy watching uh, a good film. So well, we watched the all the Angel Has Fallen movies. Yeah, and we went and saw Shazam in the cinema. <laughs> oh like. God, yeah, um, <laughs> we weren't fans. But uh, well, obviously, throughout this podcast, we you know part of the point of this podcast is we talk about movies, but we also um, think of our own uh, our own crazy ideas. So we could. You know, it could be a f- the movie bong festival could be a festival of all our movies that we've all come up with ourselves. Very true. Very, and, um, and there's such a rich back catalogue as well. You've yeah, got, you've got Sex Bitch, the Ariana Sex Bitch Chronicles. Yeah, that was a, um, a sexual thriller of mine, a sci-fi sort of sexual road movie thriller starring um, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, and I believe it also co-starred uh, Robert Patterson as uh, what was it? Uh, um, a doctor of genital technology. I believe he was, yes. I mean, they're an unlikely sexual pairing, but uh, <laughs> one I'd like to see. Uh, there was Harvey in the RV. Harvey in the RV. Starring Gary Boosie. Gary Boosie, um, where he, he stowed away in um, an RV and uh, terrorised the family. So, you know, we could have loads of films like that. There was Burns Night, which is basically Scottish Godzilla starring Robert Carlyle. Yeah, great, great. Um, you know, obviously, I can premiere the uh, the, the 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 shoe house murders. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would quite like uh, I quite like this idea as well because um, you know, if we did have a film festival of all of our movies, we could get down some of the stars of movies to do some Q and A's. Oh, like, who have we had? You know, well, you've had you'll have Michael Caine and Tom Hardy there doing a Q&A for Slags. What was the title of that film? <laughs> I can't remember the full slags, title. Slags, Fugs, Twats, Bastards. Mad Men, Bad Men. Bad Men. 
hot dogs and postman yeah or something uh go back we've we even met that we've got trailer for that ready for you know to trailer for the festivals so. yeah oh i believe you can find that trailer on our facebook page right um <laughs> so many great ideas um although maybe we could look in a different direction you know like uh both of us are ginger people we are maybe this is time for movie bong to sponsor the world's first ginger film festival yes you know films uh that you know uh with ginger protagonists or you know that follow the themes of gingerness well during uh, in one of our earlier uh episodes a a horror film called sun cream well i made one do you remember in one of our earlier episodes there was a festival in our folk horror episode and i came up with an all about the true which is a true thing the old ginger festival uh scandinavian festival for all ginger people yeah yeah and it turned Um, into like a cult midsummer yeah people were folk horror fuck yeah yeah and people were all burnt they were like eating people's skin (laughs) um (laughs) basically what we're trying to say is our podcast is a rich tapestry (laughs) yeah yeah please go back listen um but uh yeah for this festival i've seen how a festival a great festival's put together this weekend with grimfest so um but i don't think we'll we'll, we'll have no breaks you can't get any food <laughs> <laughs> you just have to sit in a locked cinema basement um for hours and hours on end and then release it's a bit more like uh, clockwork orange maybe yeah <laughs> you have to sit in a thing sit in a chair and your eyes are pulled apart <laughs> um so you know uh we could really uh, but I, I, <laughs> I like this ginger idea, though. I mean, yeah. with the guest stars, you could have a whole mm. ginger festival. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll do the Movie Bong Festival first, and then we'll do an offshoot of the Movie Bong All Ginger Festival. Yeah, special guests are... Like, Spicy ginger like festival. Eddie Redmayne can be like our guest of honour. Shooting a bit high there, I was thinking maybe more Eric Stoltz um, from uh, Killing Zoe and The Fly 2. Uh, maybe, um, what was that guy's name? David Caruso. <laughs> from, Horatio. From, yes. From CSI. He would be our Sunday night big hitter start at the end to the end the festival. Now, would uh, I be, isn't he in Rambo? Isn't he in First Blood? Yes. He's one of the, 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 the Rangers that, that, mental, that's after him. Yeah, yeah. He's also in a great film starring Robert uh, De Niro and Bill Murray called Mad Dog and Glory, which is very good. Yeah. Check out. It, now I get it mixed up with a couple. Is he in... Is it Kings of New York or New Jack City? I think he's in one of those. I think it's King of New York. Maybe. I mean, he was famous for NYPD Blue, and then he went on to, and now CSI. Two big, huge cop shows in his career. But he's a big ginger hitter, so we'll have him and Eric Stoltz. I don't know what the fuck he's doing at the moment, but the original Marty McFly, Eric Stoltz, um, we'll get him. and uh, Bianca from EastEnders. Patsy Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sonia. Um, <laughs> is anyone listening? Sonia's. The, the Chesney <laughs> from Coronation Street. Yeah. Yeah. Obvi- yeah. And Fizz. Yeah. Sonia's a ginger pop star. She's in Eurovision and stuff. Uh, Coronation Street's got, yeah, loads of gingers there. <laughs> I'd like to see. Uh, Ron Weasley. Rupert Grint. Like a ginger centric uh, reality TV show. Basically just Big Brother, but with some gingers. Yeah. Like only gingers. Yeah. But it wouldn't be like Jersey Shore when they like go out to the beach and. Sh- <laughs> you know? No, we're not going to encourage gingers to breed. <laughs> yeah, and the conga out in sunlight. So we'll be very much like Big Brother, just in a side of house. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's all from this week. Uh, looking forward to next week's episode. I don't think we've decided what theme we're going to do. So if you do have any ideas at home, gingers, tweet us. I, I, we, I mean, we 
so much talk. We're both ginger. We're so much talk about gingers. Why don't we just do a ginger episode? That's, I mean, that's a strong, solid choice. Gingers in film. We have considered this before. Maybe it's time to do it. Oh, God. We could watch, uh, I believe, Carrot Top released a movie in the 90s called Chairman of the Board about a surfer who becomes the CEO of a, of a big corporation. That sounds like it will be of a high, high quality. <laughs> yeah. I think it's got um, something like, you know, like 11 on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Anything topical? There's new films coming out. Joker. Um, we haven't seen that yet. Well, I am keen that? to go and catch the Joker. Uh, the longer I wait to see the Joker, the less chance of me dying in a mass shooting. Yes. I mean, that's the problem. I was speaking to someone actually at Grimfest about this. They, they said something funny about the, the fact that, you know, uh, going now on opening night as a white straight male, you sort of worried that you'll fit in too much <laughs> going to see the Joker. Not, not, you know, worried, not worried that you won't fit in somewhere, but worried <laughs> that I worry now watching films like the Joker and shit. It's just, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, I've heard good things and I've heard good things from people that I trust. So uh, I'm going to go and catch that soon. Apart from the fact that it has a Gary Glitter song in it. Yeah, well. No, I mean, it, perfect. it's like this film is trying to make me hate it, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but yeah, so any any other ideas? I don't know. Maybe a Gary Glitter special next week. Maybe a nonce special. Nonce in film. We th- that would be a long episode. Wow. 